0: Okay, so we finished watching Megaforce, and that wasn't as bad as I remembered.
1: Yeah, like, everyone said it was a weird time, and it was, but it was weirdly enjoyable.
0: Like, the multicolored explosions during the final fight was very Power Rangers and very fun. I wasn't big
1: on the suits this time, they were kinda plain. The flying motorcycle made me laugh, though.
0: (laughs) yeah, it had a weird, like, 70s, 80s vibe to it. That was a bit to get used to since the show was 2014, but maybe they were going for a retro look. I
1: mean, it was an anniversary season, I guess. Though, I have to
0: wonder why the hell Barry Boswick was there. Yeah, he looked really young, too. He would have been around 68, 69 when this season was filmed, and he looked like 20-something. Maybe Saban was secretly investing in early de-aging technology, I don't know. I guess he stole that from Michael Eisner, but that also doesn't sound very Saban either because he would have used that de-aging effect on J.D.F. in later seasons. Hmm.
1: Also, how is he the only focus character? I know the Red Ranger is usually the main character, but he wasn't red and no one really else got a personality. Feels weird for this time period.
0: Y-you know, I don't even remember them morphing or having sword battles.
1: Sid? Did we watch the right Megaforce?
0: Okay, that explains why we were watching an old VHS tape.
1: Hi, I'm Barry Boss with Blue Bandana, Ashley. And I'm on a holographic beach in a bikini, Sid. And this is Rangers Plane, where Sid, enthusiastic, lifelong Power Rangers fan, takes me, Ashley, reluctant new fan, through the world of Power Rangers and Power Rangers accessories. Uh, Though for this episode, we got a bit confused, and instead of Power Rangers Megaforce, we watched the classic 1982 B-movie Megaforce. Classic mistake. So, what's it about... <laughs> Well, it's 1982, and it's filled with Reaganomics and leftover 70s cheese. We're shown two fictional countries at war. The peaceful public of Sardun and the aggressive, totally not Russian or German Gambibia. Uh, Sardun sends out Major Zara and General White, to enlist the elite International Army Megaforce. Megaforce believes in capitalism and big kabooms, unlike those dirty commies. Led by Ace Hunter there's lots of explosions and attempts at heterosexuality to balance out the hyper machismo but Megaforce ends up saving the day so yeah this is uh very tokusatsu in a radical sense
0: yeah it's uh I feel like it it's it's because it wasn't produced in Japan it's not technically a tokusatsu but it also it's like it had enough special effects and if you go by the radical definition of it ha- it's like a special effects movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of fits it. So that's how we're lumping it here.
1: Yeah, like refer back to the the chart we referred to during the Psycho Gourmet episode, which should also be in the show notes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it is very it's kind of Tokusatsu radical. No, no, maybe not fully. Maybe more like neutral neutral radical? I don't know.
0: It might be seem them- <laughs> it might be thematical thematic radical, but like No, it's effects radical. Them- no, it's effects. It's- it should be effects radical, uh, thematic purist. Okay, probably. that's or it. theater neutral. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. Like I said, we'll put the chart up in the uh, in the show notes, and you can decide for yourself. Yeah, this, this was, was definitely sh- a movie. <laughs> sure was a movie. Um. <laughs> uh,
0: um, this was it was kind of the, the weird beginning point of eighties action movies because uh, action movies really didn't take off, I feel like, as a genre until Terminator. The Terminator.
1: And this That's, is like a year before year or two before Terminator?
0: Yeah. Terminator The Terminator was filmed in eighty three and came out in eighty four. Okay. So yeah, this is like a like two years prior to it coming out. So it's in between Arnold Schwarzenegger is basically who who is what's the star and everything of what made it an action movie. So this is like wedged between uh Conan the Barbarian and the Terminator. Because after that, you kind of get the really buff, machismo, uh, shoot-everything, ultra-violent stuff. And this was kind of, like, there was violence, but I don't think anyone really died. (laughs) Like, and you had, you know, nobody was, like, super buff and cut. Like, dancers build at best. You know, it was just kind of dumb. Yeah, like, I think you
1: even said it when uh, we were watching. Because we were talking about how, like... You know, every, whenever a new decade starts, there's kind of bleed over from the last decade for the first couple of years. Yeah. And, like, you're not really, your decade's not fully defined until there's one particular thing. And your your case was that the 80s weren't the 80s until Terminator came out.
0: Yeah, it's, Terminator really is kind of that quintessential 80s movie. And I've been thinking mm-hmm. about that for a while. Of just like, because I remember you watched it, and I'm like, this is like a time capsule, you know? Yeah. Of just kind of... You know, the Cold War fears, uh like the neon lights, kind of Technor, as I think someone joked once and behind the scenes, whereas this is like it felt so seventies still.
1: Yeah, like you still have the very Reagan themes of commie's bad, America good. But like, yeah, there's still a lot of it that was just very seventies, like in terms of just the way everyone looked, just the entire vibe of the sets, um, kind of the entire vibe of what was of a script, too. Um, I mean, because they try to make the whole, like, oh, well, this is the 80s, you know, sometimes you, you know, you can't just, like, take care of your men or whatever it was, or sometimes, uh, the good guys don't always win in the 80s, I think is what they said. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, okay.
0: (laughs) This is, yeah, this is such a weird mix, because, well, like, looking at the power, power Rangers, like, early Power Rangers, there's stuff left over from the 80s when you oh. watched Power Rangers.
1: Yeah, even though I would say, like, I mean, yeah, er, like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is quintessentially early 90s, but, like, early 90s still had a hangover from the 80s, if that makes like, sense.
0: Yeah, it's like, the the best I could say for the fashion is no one crimped their hair. yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of just this, this leftover seventies feeling with a lot of like, I want to say the aesthetic of how everything looked from like the weird holographic projections to how it was filmed to the costumes and everything. And then you have that like hyper machismo eighties. Yeah, but, but but yeah, the the big plus thing, Kami's good, Kami's bad. America, good explosions.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There is some sort of a. Talk about unity with like between like because like Megaforce is people from all over the world, but we only focus on really focus on this one guy from America. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's that.
0: So that that's kind of a little leftover from the seventies, I feel, and mm-hmm. you know, we're we're starting to get into Reaganism. So we're like, yeah. oh no, America is important, but we still think the world's important too.
1: Yeah, that will never happen again. That, yeah. But yeah, basically, the best way to describe this, especially because after we were looking it up and saw that it was a huge influence on this particular film, it's it's basically Team America, World Police, but without puppets and a weird sex scene.
0: The, the best they had for that, the sex scene was that really weird, like, when they decided to get artsy random, when uh, Ace and Zara were, like, talking to each other and it was, like, lit with all red and you just saw their silhouettes-
1: yeah, I mean, in, in a particularly, like, early 80s, late 70s sense, that counts as sex in a PG movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it was just some talking about how a woman couldn't be on the
1: floor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's move to our very thin, uh, thin, like, razor-thin characters in terms of how they are. And we have Ace Hunter. Yeah,
1: Ace Hunter, who's Barry Boswick.
0: Like, that's mostly <laughs> what you could say for him, is Barry Boswick. I couldn't, I didn't even, I was so funny how I didn't recognize him. Like, because I'm used to, you know, if you're used to how he looks from that period, you're thinking Brad from, like, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and he does not look that dweeby.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, Brad is an outlying case. Um. Yeah. Because you know brad is supposed to be a, a dweeb who realizes he likes dudes on purpose you know <laughs> yeah,
0: it's 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 you know it's love it you know for, for 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 he can he can really transform into that dweeby look unlike what they tried to do with poor david back in power rangers
1: yeah um <laughs> and like oh my god the best way to describe ace hunter though besides you know just barry bostwick because yeah when i think action hero i think barry bostwick, <laughs> bostwick. Oh, my God. With the with the most blonde-feathered hair. Yeah, his blonde-feathered hair and his blue bandana. And it's just... It's just, like, he's just kind of a generic 80s hero guy. Yeah. He's got like, very or- pretty eyes. I will say he's got very pretty eyes. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, he was very pretty. I was a little gay, you
1: know? Yeah, gay. like, yeah. And, like... Also, just in the back of my head, is like, this guy was almost like Nathan in Reaper the Genetic Opera. <laughs> <laughs> if Anthony Stewart had hadn't walked in for his interview, like, an uh, interview, audition, sorry, right after. They were gonna go with Barry Boswick. They were gonna go with Barry Boswick. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'm sure it would have been fine. I'm sure it would have been good. It would have been It would have been,
0: like... been different. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: so... But anyway, yeah, so Ace Hunter, he's sort of just this generic 80s hero guy. Like, he doesn't really have much of a personality besides the fact that he's, like, real- He's charming. Like, he's a charming misogynist. Like, I'll put it that way. He's not, like, overly misogynist, but, like, he's still, like, a charming misogynist.
0: Yeah, like, just guy you might want to give, like, a bit of feminist fury to.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah. like- Um, but his looks are still very 70s. That
0: fucking jumpsuit! The jumpsuit, the feathered hair. Uh.
1: Oh my god.
0: As as I definitely pointed out earlier, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger really made and defined what looked like a lot of 80s action stars because right after, you were seeing like, really cut, buff bodybuilders, Mm -hmm. and that also has to do with, like, fitness culture, all that other crap. Um, but Arnold really brought in the 80s buff dudes, like, the dudes you see in Predator, basically. Even right. hiring, like, professional wrestlers, like, the, some of the dudes in Predator. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think
1: anybody in this movie was a professional wrestler.
0: I mean, it, it, that one might... guy,
1: that one guy definitely had the mustache of one from the <laughs> 80s, but, like... <laughs> they, did,
0: they did not look like the time period wrestlers. No. Uh, but you know, you just had these really buff body look bodybuilders post uh Terminator and prior to that it was just like like Barry Botswick had a like a very dancer's body and a lot of them were like thin mm-hmm. um like maybe a little bit of fat, but it was mostly like very thinned body people doing, you know, athletics. And not big muscle men with big honking machine guns shooting the shit out of things, you know?
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, as you as you noted, you were a little gay in, in watching this movie.
0: And I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, he's so cute.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, I guess kind of moving on to our other character that we really had any sort of plot line was... uh. Uh, Zara, who is basically, she's the she's a major in the Zardun military, but also is like, I think she's the president's daughter as well.
0: Yeah, she's like, she's also the president's daughter. I'm like, somewhere, some weird person is going to be like, um, excuse me, that's a Mary Sue. Yeah. <laughs> You're the president's daughter and a major in the military. That's like a Mary Sue. <laughs> and it's like. Who cares what fourteen year olds are writing in their fanfiction, okay?
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, unfortunately and- Zara is there to be kind of just sorry, didn't mean to cut you off.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna say, if it's good enough for the move the 1982 movies Mega Force, it's good enough for your self insurchin, self indulgent fic, okay? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, cause yeah, in that regard, Zara is just kind of there to be the compulsive heterosexual love interest.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> Basically, their romance was just her showing how a confident, competent, like, soldier she was.
1: Yeah, and then that, that that made Barry Boswick hot for her. So basically, like, she is there for Barry Boswick to show her, like, oh, this is what we, know, this is how we're going to, like, get into Gambia and, like, help save your country and, like, you know, she, clearly she is a very qualified military leader, but they won't let her participate in the action, because... Men?
0: It was just like, all the men here are in tune to each other, and if a woman came into a mix, it would cause an uproar. I'm like, what? That makes no goddamn sense. That yeah, no I'm
1: sense. like... just that. Just, okay, that sounds very heterosexual. Thank you, Barry Boswick. <laughs> I know his name was Ace Hunter. I'm just gonna keep calling him Barry Boswick. <laughs> Barry
0: Boswick with a bandana.
1: Yeah. Um. So basically, she base she ends up doing nothing for the second half of the movie after they're just like, oh well, you know, having a woman being in our military. Like I just, <sighs> okay, I just finished watching Our Flag Means Death. And, like, there's a joke in one episode when, like, this character is introduced to... It actually ends up being non-binary, but at the time, everybody on the ship thinks they're a woman. And it's just like, well, you know, you can't have women on board a pirate ship because, like, they have crystals in their body. And crystals <laughs> attract demons. And the demons attract misfortune. <laughs> Exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, that's that's basically the logic here: is women have crystals in their body, and that attracts the demons, and that'll bring misfortune onto our big mission to explode things in this in this country, this commie country that is invading yours.
0: I also like weirdly thought like, okay, are you saying that you all do a t- t- telepathic gay orgy and having a woman in the mix, so You'd just be like, nah.
1: Uh, that's yeah. Like maybe if there are crystals
0: involved. <laughs> 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 Sorry, oh, didn't mean no. to bring off the, Didn't mean to bring off the jerk off crystal. <laughs> <laughs> the J O crystals, I need to charge my J O crystals, is what Ace <laughs> Hunter said. <laughs> just, you can't be involved, Major Zoro. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: yeah, so she basically becomes a nothing character in the second half after they do this these very long flirting action sequences like diving out of a plane with like (laughs) ace and all of that fun stuff driving a simulated
0: tank was another
1: one yeah so it's like so i'm like what what was the purpose of having her here then besides the fact that you just needed to establish that your main character was not
0: gay (laughs) even though i loved oh god my favorite thing was Uh, we'll get to this, but I love when he was talking about, like, Duke later, and he's like, he came. And it was (laughs) (laughs) Huge pause. Yeah. He came. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) So, basically, like,
1: the second half of the movie, she disappears from it, and, like, but the whole thing is that they have this, like, date, they need to go on this date in London the day after... That they do their invasion. Yeah. So, like, and that's a thing. And, like, she does this whole thumbs up thing where she kisses her thumb and, like, gives them a thumbs up as her way of, like, blowing them a, him a kiss. It's just, like,
0: like... During the press conference after the military got defeated. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just, like, it is... Uh, it is something. And then it was over. <laughs> and then it was over. I mean, the actress who played her was very pretty, though. Like... yeah like obviously she's there to be very pretty and she does a great job of that though we were making jokes about in the simulated tank scene she's dressed like Fujiko from Luke <laughs> on the third
0: yeah and I was like why is she dressed like Fujiko there <laughs> uh, why not uh so our honorable mentions is like dear lord this char- this film was just a nothing burger with characters but they had really great names like their tech guy was Dr. Eggstrom
1: Yeah, and, like, the characters are basically, the other characters are basically there to be, like, pastiches of, like, other countries. Or the South. Yeah, so, like, the only character I would say that it wasn't, like, a massive stereotype, because, like, the other general that traveled with Zara was, like, his whole thing was that he was an uppity British white guy. Yeah. And you know how they are. Um, (laughs) They can't take spice. Yeah, they can't take spices. Um, then you had like um Dallas, who his whole thing that he's super southern. Um, and then I, there was a couple of other guys. Like there was these two guys on there that I forget their names, but like one was Japanese and one was Mexican, and they were they were inseparable. Yeah. So like, lovers? <laughs> Question mark.
0: Th- that's and then like with, uh, with hyper hyper masculine movies where you don't have enough women characters, you just kind of horn into gay. Yeah. And then like
1: I guess the one that I'd say was not like really a stereotype. He was just sort of there. Was um they had one black guy on all of Megaforce. His name was Zach Zach Taylor. I should note. So he has the same name as Zach from Power Rangers.
0: Kurt pointed out was probably a reference to the dead president Zachary Taylor, which makes sense. Like, yeah which makes sense but also zach taylor from power rangers is more iconic than that dead fuck so
1: yeah um <laughs> yeah that one is just straight coincidence but like yeah
0: it's straight coincidence but we found that interesting but also but, yeah. zachary taylor from power rangers is, has way more of an impact on history than the, the guy who died like three months in the office
1: yeah but then like yeah so basically when you're introduced to zach in this movie like he's like listening to classical music
0: <laughs> yeah and the british guy was being racist about it yeah because he's
1: like, british because he thought he was listening to like um jazz at first and he's like no i'm listening to vivaldi
0: <laughs> yeah it's like what the fuck oh you're British. We could be, ra- it's its morally correct to be ra- racist towards British people.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, you guys stop being your own little, like, racist turf island, and we'll stop making fun of you and everything you eat.
0: <laughs> God, British people and their food. Yeah. I- I'm surprised the general didn't have, like, like beans on toast. <laughs> I
1: mean, I'm sure maybe that ended up on the cutting room floor, who knows.
0: Because that, that would be this movie. It's just (laughs) watching this general eating beans on toast and everyone being like, what the fuck? (laughs) This guy eating beans. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so we're now on our odds and ends. And like we mentioned earlier, this was a very big influence on Team America. Apparently the South Park dudes really love this movie. Uh, There was actually like, I found out this was how they introduced one of the episodes on the DVD of South Park. Like, I think it was Trey just basically like, blurted the entire plot of like megaforce and entire detail and matt was like uh that's just 1982's megaforce yeah it was like a commentary track for one of the episodes and he was like well that sounds better than what this episode was i'm like okay um <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just like there i, I feel like if we were to rewatch team america like some of the motorcycle jumps i know that was definitely taken from those explosions the kind of having that like world police feel Mm -hmm. uh yeah they definitely took a lot from this this movie
1: yeah like i know we talk about thunderbirds a lot when we talk about team america because like obviously the puppets but like yeah i think this one was probably a little bit like thunderbirds stylistically yes was an influence but i think this in terms of like the action was a little bit more influential. Yeah. Um, uh, we did notate about this movie though, we've talked about in our character talk. Uh this definitely had too many dicks on the dance floor.
0: <laughs> it's it's really funny to me how hyper masculine machismo, when you have too many men around on something and you don't put enough women into the mix, and it just eventually just turns gay. Yeah. I, that's how I explain why wrestling is very homoerotic and gay, even though it's not meaning to be. Mm-hmm. It is just because you have so much machismo. And yeah, yeah. It almost becomes, you know, it's like, where does machismo equate to heterosexuality and toxic masculinity? And then when do you go to like village people?
1: Yeah, exactly. And yes. it definitely felt like this movie crossed over into a uh, village people territory
0: without meaning to. Yeah, without meaning to. It's one of those things like it definitely was not intended to be gay or anything, but it's just like, wow, this is this is the this is just the, what I find hilarious about hyper masculinity and hyper machismo. It's just it's yeah. ultimately will turn gay if you're not careful. Which is good for me. I love hyper masculinity <laughs> gay, but not 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 great for the people who really want to come off as heterosexual. Right. And this
1: movie really wants to convince you it's heterosexual. They even have one woman there to like act how act about how Barry Boswick is hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that technically also happened in Rocky Horror, but Rocky Horror was gay on purpose.
0: Yeah, Rocky Horror was gay on purpose. Like you know they they go into the match and just find out they're queer as shit yeah pretty much all
1: uh, right um and kind of moving on to our next point here um so we mentioned dallas who's kind of our southern good boy who gets introduced fairly early on in the film he's actually the first person from megaforce that we meet um why
0: does he have a confederate flag on his like uniform <laughs> I just love that they're like, "Oh, he's Southern, so have that there." And I'm like, "Whose choice was it to put the Confederate flag on there? <laughs> like, bro, bro, that war's been done with for a while. By the time this thing was filmed, yeah. Uh, also, so, yeah. <laughs> also, the Confederacy were traitors. Yeah. So I was
1: just sitting there, like, when I noticed it, because like Dallas, for the most part, is shown to be like you know, he's a good, he's a good, wholesome Southern boy, like, yeah like, until you see, like, that, that, like, on his, like, his arm is, like, the Confederate flag, so I'm like, okay, so what's the, what's the deal there? What's the truth? Like, <laughs> did, like, he put it on there, because, like, you know, he's very proud of his Southern roots, quote, quote, like, as many say they do at the Confederate flag. And then they're or, from Maine. Yeah, or Delaware. Don't. <laughs> I'm not being shady. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, we're not being shady at all. Uh. <laughs> um but yeah, so it's like so did he put it on there himself? Did somebody put it on there for him or does the CSA just exist in this universe? <laughs> I hope the CSA doesn't exist in this universe. Neither do I, like. So that's just but. perplexing. It's just like I Somebody just, like, does Dallas just, like, want the, like, did he just want the Stars and Bars on there? Or is, like, just somebody on set just be like, well, we'll just treat, like, the South as a different country. It's Still the United
0: States, bro. Yeah, uh, I love that. It's like, like, well, let the the Confederacy succeed now. Like, people live here that would get harmed by that, but okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, also earlier, like, the other guy on the other army was named Duke or something, and he used to be with them and had, like, a lighter, and, like, you you have the setup with them where, like, Ace is talking about drinking with him and everything, and I think playing poker and losing his lighter, and then mm-hmm. it was very gay, and then they got reunited, and it was just, like, the, it was so gay... It's like,
1: yeah, it took me a second, though, to realize who Duke actually was. <laughs> um,
0: oh, it took me a while, too, until I saw the lighter. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is who he's supposed to be. You really didn't introduce him very well <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You just had the one weird, like, vaguely Nazi guy. Yeah. Whose accent was all over the place. Yeah, that, too. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: Alright, um, I guess kind of moving on to our last point. Now, this film is like notorious for the fact that it has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But does it deserve it?
0: It I don't think it deserves it. It's no, just,
1: I don't I don't either. It's a silly it's like, movie. Yeah. I've watched Worse for this podcast.
0: I've watched Worse for just the sake of an actor was in it. And I'm like, why did I watch this? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not—it's not what I would call a "quote unquote" good movie, but it's fine. Like it's fine. I, you know, I could see it getting like maybe like a solid like I don't know, bump that up a
0: little. Maybe make it like a fifteen. Yeah, fifteen, ten percent, not yeah. zero. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I gotta. Yeah. I guess I guess we can add to the agitator and give it a point five percent. Yeah, review. <laughs> the review from Ranger it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um the point five percent from Ranger Splane, the Ranger Splane positive review. It's fine. <laughs> and uh that, that is our verdict. It's perfectly fine popcorn flick. Uh, yeah, was this movie something wonderful, like a missing piece of pop culture that no one appreciates, like Streets of Fire? No, no, it was not that. Was it a wonderful way to spend an evening? Oh Yeah, it actually was. It was vastly entertaining and weird. If you like B-action movies, especially from the weird period of the late 70s to early 80s, uh, check this film out. Yeah, this
1: movie entirely feels like it'd be well-suited for a mid-afternoon rain-delay theater B-movie. Um, it's not groundbreaking, and it definitely shows Mattel designed everything to make toys, which that was something we forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's plenty of stupid fun just turn your brain off and embrace the 80s cheese well that's it for this episode as always we want to thank kate nix for our theme song you can find her at katenix.com where you can find her band camp her merch and her streaming uh as of uh the publishing of this podcast she's going to be on a break for a while while she works on moving to her new home uh so stay tuned to her twitter and instagram at the goblin mother for more updates. We also like to thank Joe Hunter for the art that you see whenever you download our podcast. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Joe underscore Hunter, on Instagram as Joe Bloody Hunter, and on Threadless at joehunter.threadless.com. Patreon is also Joe underscore Hunter. His comic with pits Pitts, Beast Heart Strikers, is currently only available as a backup in Radiant Black, which you can pick up at your local comic book shop or online digitally. Uh, unfortunately, Comixology has become a shell of its former self, and all the Submit comics have just disappeared. So, uh, yeah, we'll, when we know when you can read the original Beast Heart Strikers, we will let you know. But otherwise, just go check out Radiant Black and support Joe that way. And then Kurt Yoder for editing the podcast. You can find him on Twitter at the Great SG as well as uh, Great SG Pixels, which is st- uh, strictly for the pixel art. And you can also check out Great SG Creations on Etsy. And our wrestler of the podcast, well, wrestlers for this particular episode, uh, is going to be FTR, our favorite time displaced '80s tag team. You can check them out weekly on AEW. Which. Or just go back and watch some of their old matches in WWE's the revival. They're great. We love them. And then, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at MissKittyF. Uh, there's always going to be a link tree to my shops on my Twitter. My main one being uh, ashley-leckwell.square.site, which I know I've repeated this for months now, Um, where you can purchase my masks, my blankets, uh, zines, whatever you need from me. Uh, as of this podcast, I currently have a permanent fire sale going on for my cloth masks. Uh, just use code Fire with me at checkout for fifty percent off.
0: All right. As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Velociriker. Uh, you can also find uh, my store Coda's Magical Crafts on Twitter, Instagram, and um, TikTok under Coda's Crafts or Coda's Magical Crafts as well as um Etsy under Coda's Magical Crafts. And I am opening the Square site. So it's Coda's magical Crafts dot site. Um and yeah, you can find me there and look at pictures of Joe. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. And then for us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Patreon, all as Rangersplain. Uh as well as our WordPress site, which uh links to all of our show notes, as well as everywhere on the internet you could possibly listen to us. Is uh, rangersplain.wordpress.com, uh, and as always, if you can't subscribe to us on Patreon, even though it's only for a couple of bucks a month, if you can't, or if you're not able to do that, we totally get it. But if you could, please uh, rate and review us on any of uh, site that you listen to podcasts on that allows you to do that. Uh, that really helps us out and kind of boosting us against the dreaded algorithm. All right, and we want to thank you guys again for tuning into our April Fools episode. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with our review of Power Rangers Megaforce, which, yay. Until then, stay safe and may the power protect you.